Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, we'll get to this later. Sean just handed this to me. This is what I'm gonna, we're going to miss when Sean leaves. It's stories like this. How to decorate with your plants according to your zodiac sign. Oh, Lord. <laughs> How to decorate your office or home with plants, according to your zodiac sign. Somebody uh, actually wrote that. A website. Evidently, Sean clicked on it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be out here living mm. like a Gemini with a plant styling of an Aries. Please, uh, no wonder your I mean, soul on. is not at rest. <laughs> You're all agitated, oh, NS. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you know what? We totally forgot we were going to get into this uh, in the following way. Give us clip 60, please, Sean, if you're still willing to do that much work. More and more states are beginning to enact laws either limiting or banning transgender athletes from participating in sports. Nearly a dozen have laws on the books. But the controversy extends far beyond the borders of the United States. 43-year-old Laurel Hubbard, a weightlifter from New Zealand, will make history as the first transgender athlete to compete in the Olympic Games. Hubbard is New Zealand's first Olympian who transitioned from male to female. We do acknowledge that gender identity is a very sensitive and highly complex issue. It requires a balance between human rights and fairness on the field of play. This is a great example of what Tucker Carlson was talking about that we were discussing last hour. The more out there an opinion is, the more savage the uh, thought police come at you if you dare question it. Great example. 80% of people are in favor of showing their ID to vote. 80% of people in the United States. You'd never get that idea. They uh, uh, During that David Spunt report on special report last night, they actually showed a chart that was really illustrative, and I wish he'd read it aloud. A dozen states have laws on the books about transgender males or, or, you know, former males competing against girls in in high school sports. Uh, There are something like and I wish I'd taken a little snap with my uh, with my phone. There are 20 other states who've uh, who've passed that through one house or have it. uh, It's under consideration or whatever. There are two thirds of American states are actively working to prevent former boys from competing against girls. It's a large majority of the states. Did you know that? No. Or did you think it was just no. a handful of dirty, angry, redneck QAnon states that would even dare to quash people's rights? No, and I was just thinking as you were saying that, this is kind of like the, uh, because I'm against Trump, I'm not going to report on the obviousness that we ought to look at where the coronavirus came from. Mm-hmm. Out of that um, why do we have to be this stupid about things? I think the majority of Americans thinks it's crazy that a former dude would get to compete against girls in sports. But I also think that a majority of Americans would say, you can't discriminate against trans people in hiring. You can't discriminate against trans people this, there, all over the place. I'm the fine they are oh pro trans sure. everything fine that you know accept accept it's uh, okay this is a thing I'm gonna be nice to people everybody's gonna be nice blah 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 but so why can't we how can we not be grown up enough or intellectual enough to have both those things happen at the same time right it's a great example of the Martin Bailey argument once again where where the the castle argument the very defensible argument is some people 
have gender dysphoria or or are trapped in the wrong body, they they need to get that straightened out. Okay, uh, I, that's fine. It's perfectly fine. Um, you know, there are other discussions to have, but as far as it goes, that argument is sound. But then you get into and and therefore, a, a former dude, fairly recently, should be able to lift weights against women. To which I say, whoa, whoa, no, no, that seems wrong. Oh, so you're a transphobic hater. No, no not we, even close. We've got to we've got to move past this though. There there oh, are there are so many examples. We've got to move past it. How, well, how, and surely we can. It's not it's not complicated. Surely we can. I don't have any problem with Hispanics being a growing part of America. Welcome, my friend. But you have to secure your border. I I I I, I get now that trans is a thing. It's a thing. It's, it's something with the brain, the way you're born, whatever. I get it. But you can't have former dudes compete with girls. And there's just so many examples. Surely we can grow up enough to do that. You would think, but it's. I think the vast majority of people are willing to deal with this stuff in a rational and moral and 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 kind way. But the activist savages won't let you. I mean, if you dare step outside their uh, their boundaries, you get in trouble. And I want to get to a really interesting piece from Newsweek in a second. But just as an example. They're having this big pride event, a gay pride thing in Seattle. The Seattle Human Rights Commission announced that white entrants would be charged a reparations fee. So you you gay and lesbian and trans or whatever white people, you have to pay a fee to get in, whereas the people of color in that community do not have to. Now, several white people uh, protested this. And the Seattle Human Rights Commission uh, responded with a a pile of gobbledygook that I want to read to you in a little bit. But the one thing I wanted to get to is uh, they mentioned black, trans and queer people are among the most marginalized and persecuted peoples within the LGBTQIA2S plus community. Well, I don't know all those. So if you don't have that memorized, this reminds me of the whole uh, you got to be politically correct in China thing. Don't say anything mean about Chairman Mao. If you don't have LGBTQIA2S plus memorized, well, you're a, you're a bad comrade or something. Anyway. How, how big a deal do you think this is going to be Olympics? How much attention will it get, do you think? A lot. A lot. I think... All of the people in those 30 states or whatever it was, who's, and, and who's, more who's, to come. Who's got the Olympics? NBC? I don't yes. know. Um, do you think they'll cover it a lot, or do they think they'll more or less ignore it, just so that they don't have to deal with it? And, no, and, they'll cover it and, and speak wonderful with wondering tones about how lovely it is and important and the rest of it. They will absolutely toe the activist party line. I but wonder. Get, I wonder if maybe they just don't you know report, uh, report it. Don't even mention I don't know. Everybody's so into the whole first thing. The first trans gold medal. NBC to broadcast more than 7,000 hours of Tokyo 2020 content. So I'm thinking it probably has some airtime in there somewhere. 7,000 hours. That's a lot of hours. So getting back to the whole Mott and Bailey thing, you've got an easily defensible argument, and then you say something that's way out there. And when somebody says, wait, I don't dis- I don't agree with that, you say, what are you saying? That transgender people don't deserve rights? Classic example of that. Absolutely, there are transgender people, and they got issues that they're dealing with, and I wish them well, and I hope they have happy lives. Also true, there is a 
transgender craze in America, and if you express even a feeling that maybe, kind of, perhaps, you might be transgender, you will be swept up into the current of a fast-moving river, and you will be shoved along. And if you express any doubts, you will be seen as somehow betraying the cause. And you're talking about yourself and your body. Great example, uh, a piece written by a man named Scott Nugent about his journey and how it really went. And he discloses some facets of the transgender surgery racket Mm. that are shocking and nobody talks about. You do not want to miss this. I haven't heard this. I'm not I'm not going to touch the dial. It's coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty show. People take everything personally. I think the world revolves around them, right? Particularly on Twitter, right? I'm not tweeting anyone. I'm just tweeting, okay? I don't know who's following me. I've got 12 million followers. I don't know who's following me. They can be following me without me knowing, right? Choose to read my tweet and then take that personally. That's like going into a town square, seeing a big notice board, and there's a notice, guitar lessons, and you go, but I don't want guitar lessons. Uh, there's a number here. Right, all that, right? Are you giving me guitar lessons? Yeah. I don't want any. <laughs> Fine. It's not for you then. Just walk away. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Ricky, oh, that's brilliant. That is funny. I got 12 million followers. <laughs> that is funny. Oh man, I'd love to hear him doing more stand-up and more of that stuff. The world needs his voice. I think. Yeah. Love, Ricky. So uh, Scott Nugent uh, wrote the following piece. It was published in Newsweek. Getting back to our discussion of the uh, the transgender thing and how the very reasonable idea that there are transgender people has become you must approve of absolutely everything that's done in the name of it, including big, beefy, recently dudes competing against women, even though they have many times the testosterone, even after hormones. We got this note uh, from a female athlete. My doctor has me supplementing testosterone because I haven't been sleeping, and it was super low on my last blood test. Supplementing for four months, I'm not allowed to compete, as per the U.S. anti doping agency but a biological man can claim to be a woman and compete with five times the levels of a normal woman even with supplementation my levels will likely be lower than normal but the medication i'm taking would show up on a drug test none of this makes any sense huh that's interesting Anyway, Scott Nugent, Newsweek Magazine, writes, I am a 48-year-old transgender man. I was thrilled when the medical community told me six years ago that I could change from a woman to a man. I was informed about all the wonderful things that would happen due to medical transitions, but all the negatives were glossed over. Since then, I have suffered tremendously, including seven surgeries, a pulmonary embolism, an induced stress heart attack, sepsis, a 17-month recurring infection, 16 rounds of antibiotics, three weeks of daily IV antibiotics, arm reconstruction surgery, Lung, heart, and bladder damage, insomnia, hallucination, hallucinations, PTSD, a million dollars in medical expenses, and loss of home, car, career, and marriage. 
All this, and yet I cannot sue the surgeon responsible, in part because there is no structured, tested, or widely accepted baseline for transgender health care. Read that again. There is no structured, tested, or widely accepted baseline for transgender health care. He writes, not for 42-year-olds and not for the many minors embarking on medical transition in record numbers. It is not transphobic or discriminatory to discuss this. We as a society need to fully understand what we are encouraging our children to do to their bodies. Now, to attack him or me or you as being transphobic for having this discussion, that is the stuff of dangerous lunatics. Imagine how scared hospitals are, though, of even... I mean, because hospitals won't tell a 300-pound person, if you lost weight, you might not need the blood pressure medicine. They're scared of that. So they're sure as hell not going to walk into the buzzsaw of trans everything and say, got to let you know some of the downsides, some of the things that could happen with the surgery, with the drugs... Oh, all it takes is one phone call to your local activist uh, channel or uh, NPR or whoever. Right. They have you signed the form that probably lists that stuff, but they don't dare actually counsel you about it. Then he gets into something I've been talking about for a long time. People who are just not quite comfortable in their own skins. They don't fit in. Maybe they're a little bit nuts, and aren't we all? Um, And they think, wow, maybe it's that I'm the wrong gender, and if I just had that key, I would be able to unlock a comfortable, happy life. And they, they, they try that. Then they realize, okay, now I'm the other sex, and I'm exactly the same person I was before. Anyway, he writes, throughout transition, I second-guessed my decisions, but each counseling session and doctor's appointment amounted to one more push, convincing me I could be cured of being born in the wrong body. The truth was that I didn't fit in as a dominant, aggressive, assertive lesbian. The dream of finally fitting in dangled like a carrot. The idea that I could fit in catapulted me to a time much like adolescence with its drive for acceptance, inclusive peers, and the fantasy of being normal. During my post-operation 17 months of sheer survival, I discovered that transgender health care is experimental and that large swaths of the medical industry encourage minors to transition due at least in part to fat profit margins. Ooh. I was gobsmacked. Each day I researched more and I, each day I researched more and became increasingly appalled. As I jumped from ER to ER, desperately seeking help, I realized that nobody knew what to do. Each physician told me to return to the original surgeon. I was like a child with an abusive parent. Um, then he mentioned some of his health problems, and he had to resort to powerful drugs and vodka, blah, blah, blah. Um, one night I simply couldn't take it. I wanted to die. I crawled to bed and had another hallucination. My children's lives flashed before my eyes, and I saw the devastation my death would cause them. Right then, I made a deal with God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, that if my life were spared, if I were allowed to be here for my kids, I would help other kids by ensuring people knew what the experimentation of transgender health care really entails. I remember my whimpers. God, an eye for an eye, in reverse. I will fight with a mother's passion for others if I can be here for my kids. So here I am, a trans man, sifting through my good and bad decisions, and for the first time embracing who I am, what I have created, and the life I now lead. It took me 48 years to realize I transitioned because I never wholeheartedly accepted being a lesbian. Our children don't have a prayer to embrace the reality of something it takes a lifetime lifetime to understand. That's our job as parents, to protect them from foolish, lifelong mistakes. And, and one more time, our children don't have a prayer to embrace the reality of something it takes a lifetime to understand, which is so true. 
Trans activists tout studies that say medically transitioning gender-questioning children improves mental health, but those studies have often been retracted, and those retractions underreported by the media. Moreover, no long-term studies have been conducted on children who grow up without the benefit of natural puberty. No studies at all have been done on detransitioners. Mm. What are the psychological effects, et cetera? There's more to this. It's brilliant. Uh, it's post. We will post it at armstrongandgetty.com. It is courageous, and it is honest. Yeah, we will post that. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have a bunch of TVs in here. Turn to different channels just so I can monitor breaking news and whatnot. Uh, I just caught the end of a, an ad for something. I don't, I don't have any idea what the ad was for, but it had a picture of a woman, her face, and then it had underneath it, it said, Reduces eye bulging by as much as 25% compared to other products. <laughs> and I, I've just been trying to think, what, what was this an ad for? Wow. Reduces eye bulging by bulgy as much eye, as, bulgy eye syndrome, by as much as 25% compared to other products, which Yikes. barely reduce your eye bulging at all. You're going to come out of there as bulgy as you were when you went in with the other products. Jeez, that sounds terrible. What, what do you think that was an ad for? I don't, I don't, it's some Re- syndrome I'm not familiar reduces with. Reduces eye bulging. Is that a regular thing? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't want to make light. It sounds like a terrible condition. <laughs> do they mean like puffy eyes, or do they mean like bulgy no, eyes, bulging, like, like the like Marty Feldman? Who was the guy <laughs> right, from? Exactly. exactly. Maybe he from had that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Maybe he had the bulging eyes syndrome. Um, uh, if you ever miss an hour, you can go to armstrongandgetty.com. That's a good way to hear it, or go to uh, well, everything. Armstrong and Getty. It'll, it'll, sure, I bulging eyes and. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. For the first time, an active National Football League player has come out as gay. Las Vegas Raiders defensive end Carl Nassib uh, posted a video on his verified Instagram account. He said he finally feels comfortable enough to get it off his chest. He says he's donating also $100,000 to a charity that focuses on suicide prevention for LGBT youth. That's a nice gesture. So I got to admit, I didn't know that was still a thing. I didn't, I didn't realize that that was still at all. That sounds like a big yawn to me. I yeah, guess you maybe had I'm... that Michael Sam Sams who was uh, drafted as openly gay college player got drafted. I don't think he ended up making the, the final roster. This guy nope. was drafted in 2016. He's been in the league for several years. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, for I think the the headline is first active player to come out. It is, is that a big deal? The fact that it's a first makes it. I guess right, a big but does deal. It, but, but is everybody reacting the way I'm reacting? Yeah, I'm sure there are some gay people, and you don't you can announce it or not. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, I, that's certainly the way I feel about it. I just, I don't know. Is that, is that still a controversial thing? I, I don't know. The media is making a big deal, of course, but have, if, I lived have in, any of his teammates commented? Not that I've seen yet. No. I just wondered if I lived in Northern California so long that I've lost track of the rest of America or just uh, to me, it seemed like a, okay, you got anything else? I mean, it's just, whatever. yeah, I figured there were uh, several. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It, I think it's notable that nobody's uh, stood up from the Raiders and said, hey, he's a great man, a great teammate. You know, he'll be my friend no matter what. There's silence thus far. And if you think it is a big deal, text line 415-295-KFTC. Just came across this, uh, NBC's, CNBC's shouter, Jim Cramer, 
we've had on before, like him, uh, financial guy, probably shouted this. He's sold almost all of his Bitcoin because of U.S. and China government crackdowns. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know enough about that to have a comment, but... Well, I know that all big governments are threatened by any uh, system of exchange where they can't keep a finger on it, and and therefore criminal enterprises or, or wild-eyed revolutionaries or whoever else can uh, carry on, uh, you know, commerce without them sniffing it out. It's tough to uh, find money laundering. It's tough to, to to stop drug deals. You always go after the money. That's why I remember when I was in college, I heard the CEA, CIA and the FBI were recruiting on campus, and I thought, wow, wait, hey, hey, wait a minute now. Uh, and then word came out they only wanted accounting majors. So, yeah, they're threatened by that. Sean, our cryptocurrency correspondent. China also in the process of uh, essentially releasing their own cryptocurrency. Um, and so it is in their interest to crack down on the most popular existing ones to force their uh, citizens into theirs. Right, yeah. The Federal Reserve is, is looking at it, too. It's a multi-year plan. But, uh, yeah, they just don't want transactions outside the, the watchful eye of Uncle Sam. Uh, another headline, roughly ha- economic headline, uh, roughly half of U.S. workers are reconsidering their current jobs and would learn new skills to work in a different industry. Sean fits that profile as he's leaving the show for a different industry. Um, I don't know what that I no- hate fitting profiles. This, uh, this, uh, I don't know what the number is normally, though. I don't know if regularly 40% of Americans think, yeah, I'd learn new skills to get out of this dead end <laughs> is job. Is it normally 70%? Is this low? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, I don't have any idea, and it could be. Yeah, the WAPO's reporting on that, too. Especially retail workers are leaving jobs like never before. Some 650,000 retail workers put in their notice in April. Largest one-month exodus since they started keeping track of such data more than 20 years ago. But but I wonder what the number normally is. You know, So retail workers, i got to believe most retail workers don't particularly love their job. But in the past, they would say, I will not learn new skills to get a new job. <laughs> that is one thing I will not do. Certainly not. <laughs> I just, I Take know. me as I am. <laughs> Finish product me. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Uh, I got Princess Diana's last words revealed. Do you want to hear that? No? No. Okay. I'm Go ahead if you want. I, you asked, I told. I, I have no particular interest. How are it's they? Probably just... something to the effect of uh, my arm really hurts or, or tell the children I love them. How are they st- just revealing this. It's, it could. What's your source? It could be fake. Sounds fake to me. Uh, the uh, police officer that was first on the scene. Uh, oh my God! What's happened? Sounds about right. Tragic, sad story about a bad car wreck. Right. Um, speaking of bad car wrecks, I, I don't know if all of you saw this news as it broke over the weekend. It's just the media is apparently now just pretending that they didn't go with a different story. So the story I saw over the weekend multiple times was in an act of hate, an anti-gay gentleman ran over a bunch of people at a pride parade. It was a hate crime. He killed them on purpose. It's happening again. When are we going to do something about this? Blah, blah, blah. Hateful Americans. Um, and that story has just completely gone away. They don't even mention that now. It was just an old guy, 77-year-old member of the gay chorus group, hit the gas when he was supposed to hit the brake like sometimes happens with old people in the car. He is just beside himself with grief and that he killed one of his friends and hurt several others. Mm-hmm. It had nothing, it, the exact opposite. He was part of the parade. Old gay guy who'd been fighting for civil rights for gays his whole life killed one of his friends. 
why did the media? Well, first of all, the mayor of the town immediately went to the press. This is a this is a hate crime. This is anti-gay violence. We need to put a stop to it. And then all the rest of the media picked that up and ran with it. It wow. didn't occur at all. The media is so biased toward whipping up hatred. Hatred's a great story. Which Old will cause, loses control of his car is Monday. Which will cause more hatred. Yes, it will. Going Absolutely. both directions. Yeah. yeah, which they love. The media loves racial strife. They're trying to whip it up. Um, I was going to get to the story of one journalist who used to live in San Francisco back in the 70s, visiting recently and talking about how it's decayed so much over the years. Now San Francisco was such a glorious city in the 70s. I'll bet. I'll bet in the 60s and 70s, San Francisco was just free. Well, the first time I ever went to Seattle, I thought, I'll bet this is what San Francisco used to be like. Of course, that was 25 years ago before Seattle turned into San Francisco of 10 years ago. <laughs> right. If you can follow that. Yeah, but, uh, man, San Francisco, you know, when, when I first moved to California, or back when we first went on the air years and years and years ago in the Bay Area, um, it was a wonderful city. I loved San Francisco. Yeah, it was already dirty, but nothing like now. Right. All right. And there are yeah. already homeless people, but nothing like now. No. No. Um. So oh, that reminds me. We posted something great at armstrongandgetty.com. It is a mock tourism ad for Portland. It, I laughed out loud, which is rare for me watching this stuff. Uh, it's under hot links at armstrongandgetty.com. Is it Hilarious. visual? I can't hear it and laugh? Yeah, it's it's entirely visual. Okay. The voiceover is straight. It's a straight tourism, uh, Portland, a city of contrasts. We're like a coin that's flipped and always lands on the edge, but we love each other, blah, blah, blah. And it's just bums and junkies and people puking and pooping and things on fire and tent cities and the rest of it. Oh, it's brutal. Oh, I just saw a puppy on TV. I've got short attention span today, so that reminds me. We went to a water park the other day. I took the kids. Yes. And they had a funny sign out front. It said, parents need to have their eyes on their kids at all times. If we catch you not supervising your children, we will give your kids an espresso and a new puppy. Right. (laughs) That was fantastic. A new puppy. My kids thought that'd be great. I thought, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> not, so now to the important stuff. I need to know your zodiac sign. Uh, Aquarius. Because. of Aquarius. Because I got this article, how to decorate with plants according to your zodiac sign. Ah, I'm taking notes. So I'll look up Aquarius. Go ahead. Ready? I'm ready. You mean you were decorating with plants completely irrelevant of your, your zodiac sign? I didn't sign? even consider and then check. Your astrological sign to figure out what plants you should be and where you should be putting them? Guilty. Just totally haphazard, willy-nilly. No wonder I'm so full of angst and hate. Okay, this is for Joe. The free-spirited Aquarius is proof that the best path to forge is your own. Yes. Born socialites, they probably have homes. (laughs) (laughs) Come again? (laughs) Born socialites, they probably have homes ready for entertaining with plenty of eccentric touches and artwork. The lemon line Dracaena will fit right in with vibrant coloring and swirling freeform leaves. A barefoot plant stand will complement the other boho accents that, oh, no, yeah. that no doubt abound in the Aquarian home. No doubt. I'm all boho with my entertaining and stuff. The lemon lime Dracaena. Oh, that's a, that's a beautiful house plant. You looked it up? Yeah, yeah. It's got a, it's got like the two tone leaves with the different uh-huh. shades of green, but like vertical Swirling. striping on it. Yeah, like, oh, it's, yeah. wonderful. What's yeah. a barefoot oh, plant stand? My mom always had plants, and this was uh this was you know growing up in South Dakota and Wisconsin, where dead of winter, I mean everything was dead, 
And uh, but we always had house plants. My my mom kept alive. You know, it really adds a little something that a little something green when everything outside is dead and, and and gray. I hate to say this, but please send help. My wife is a plant murderer. <laughs> I've never she has murdered every plant we've ever. had. I've never even attempted to have plants inside the house. But it of seems like I could. we ought to do that with yeah. the kids. We pick out a plant and we keep it dang watered and everything like that. That's a project. I love it. Making something grow is very satisfying to the soul. I think that's a great idea. Barefoot plant stand seems to just be kind of like a little stool for your your plant to sit upon. Okay. You remember when the uh, the the hanging the hanging plant oh, uh, yeah. pot we had thing was? Yep. Everybody had those. Yeah, I remember an art class. Like every art class for three years in a row, we made some sort of macrame plant hanger because yeah, exactly. they were so popular. If you're fancy, you'd have like two or three in the corner hanging from hooks in the ceiling yep. of different lengths. Yep, we had that. Growing yeah. up. I wonder nice. why that went away. Finally, I look at mine. Pisces. So the feces says, dreamy, <laughs> empathetic Pisces are sensitive souls. I'm all that. Dreamy and empathetic. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> That's oh, you, yeah. Jack. Yep. Their homes are sure to reflect their creative and intuitive spirits, full of art, music, and cozy spots for chats with their nearest and dearest. Oh, I love a good cozy spot for a chat in my home. Oh. <laughs> Who's up for a chat? The soft, gentle shape of the peperomia plant will appeal to a fish's love of tranquility. They'll also mm. appreciate a smart grow bar, grow light, for giving their greenery in my grown pot. <laughs> will grow light for giving their greenery everything it needs to thrive. So this looks like a more rounded leaf. Again, similar kind of two-tone on the green coloring mm-hmm. there, but a, a, a lovely plant. I, if, think, I think it would make every, uh, every house better. If, if you decorate your home with plants, according to your zodiac sign, <laughs> you are a soft head, and you shouldn't vote. And you shouldn't get any of my tax money. Well, you know, the odd way you pronounced Pisces there uh, uh, reminds me of an email we got. And we never do this sort of thing. Um, but uh, Sharon maybe, sent us an email. Maybe there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, well, there absolutely is a reason. But I'm, I don't know. I'm feeling soft-hearted with, with our boy Sean uh, leaving at the end of the week. If you didn't hear that, he's heading off to the other end of the country to start a new career and, and leaving us uh, weeping, uh, tears of, of hot misery. Uh, but that's fine. We're happy for him, starting a new chapter. Anyway, uh, maybe and it's we're that. taking listener submissions for uh, the job. Is that what we're doing? No, 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 no. Uh, just a request, to Hanson. Right? Uh, no. Why don't I just go ahead and do this? Then you'll know. Okay. <laughs> Sharon writes. My son Casey told me his favorite bit is when Joe says hackers and sausages. <laughs> I've been listening for years and never heard it. Can huh. you do it for me just once in the you know this hour? Sure. Um, it's difficult to explain, and I don't even remember how it got started. But we were talking about hackers. And well, your your Chicago accent came out once when you were saying hackers. Hackers. Yeah. <laughs> My Chicago tough. See, there in Chicago, people got an accent. And you're talking about hackers. I hate hackers. You know what I love? <laughs> Sausages. <laughs> so my <laughs> so we created a podcast where Joe would talk about hackers and sausages. And sausages. <laughs> Hack hackers. No, let me say it, you ninny. Hackers and sausage. There you go. That's my that's that's my podcast. Yeah, that's the famous hacker and sausages bit. Right. Right, we talk sausage, about when that sausage. pipeline got hacked. God, that pissed me off. I'd like to kick their ass. So I calm down with a nice sausage. Liver sausage. <laughs> oh, that's a good sausage. And, and what did, what did you say people said in Chicago when you were a kid, or probably still say today, the uh, these and those? Oh, these and those? Mm. Uh, yeah, these and dozers. That's the, uh, yeah, that's the accent. Okay. Yeah, there's more to it, but I don't recall. Mm. 
Sorry. Did you have the accent at any point? Or? Not really. Oh. I don't think so. My my parents were both uh, teachers and, uh, and people of the world, and we spoke fairly unaccented English at my house. Although what's funny is my my sister has an unmistakable northern Midwestern accent. Yeah, it's interesting how that goes. So like Sean's moving to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I remember when I lived there, I'd run into people that had the full-on, so how y'all doing? And then other people that born and raised there, zero accent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just for whatever reason. Yep, I had a yep. strong Wisconsin accent when I when I moved to Kansas and got made fun of it all the time, but it went away. Wisconsin, um, a crime, another crime caught on video in New York, making the rounds on social media the day they're going to the polls. Mm, could make a difference. Could make a difference. It's uh, it, it, it absolutely could. Uh, with crime being the number one topic in New York, among other things, we're going to talk about coming up. You want some sausage? crime category in May was up from last May. Critics blame the defund the police movement and bail reform. And now a local affiliate is reporting nearly half of the looters arrested in Manhattan last year saw their charges dropped by the district attorney's office. You want to loot? Go ahead. Go for it because you're going to get away with it. The system has failed us. So who is going to save Gotham City? Uh, that's why they're uh, getting elected a new mayor and talking a lot about crime while they're doing it is the uh, the spike in crime that's been but it's been this crime's been going all up all, all over the place not just New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know there are similarities certainly between New York and other cities, but uh, yeah, Man. decriminalizing crime for one, like you just heard. <sighs> yeah, so uh, half the looters now. Now, have you heard anything to, that would suggest that? They arrested way too many people and determined after some questioning, oh, they didn't have anything to do with it? Or is this just... No, absolutely not. It's just being a soft on looting. Yeah, exactly. You had a reason to loot because George Floyd was murdered, so uh, feel free to smash the windows and take that that business's stuff. Sure, it's reparations. Loot it back. And make everybody else pay as taxpayers and uh, consumers to uh, to cover the costs. And go ahead and ruin the finances often of black-owned businesses. So they are, they've been voting for nine days in New York, which one of the problems I have with early voting is um, that I think one day is too short, but I feel like uh, 10 days is too long. And that's what they're doing in New York, because not everybody's going to the polls with the same information. There have been several horrific crimes in the last couple of days that if you were... You know, you're thinking about Adams. He's the former police chief that's currently in first place in the polls. I was kind of thinking about him, but I'm more of a leaning more toward Yang or whoever else. And then you saw that horrible video over the weekend of that guy getting shot on the street with those two little kids there. Or maybe this video that just came out today. New video shows broad daylight assault of an off-duty cop in the Bronx that's making the rounds. Three men surrounded the 33-year-old officer. I've watched the video. Who's not in in uniform and wearing a T-shirt and jean shorts. 11.40 11.40 a.m., so right before lunchtime, broad daylight, just walking down the street. Uh, they just put a gun in his face and say, give me your stuff. Because 
the lawless have this, have, have caught on to the fact that I'm not going to get caught, and even if I do get caught, they're not going to do anything about it. So right. why am I not committing crimes? Yeah, some progressive DA will say, well, he was just uh, forced by desperation because of white supremacy into that crime. So well, we won't prosecute. And we'll put him into some lovely program, and he just laughs his way back out of the streets. And so this Adams guy, he's the um, uh, law and order candidate, or the most law and order candidate by a lot, is in first place. But because it's ranked choice voting this time around, kind of an experiment, see if the rest of the country likes it, you got Yang, everybody knows Andrew Yang because he ran for president, joining up with this other woman, she's the uh, smoker, would be the first smoking (laughs) mayor since 1965. You're hung up on that. Um, What are her policies? They kind of have joined on a vote for us to keep Adams out because he's too tough on crime. He wants, you know, too much incarceration. So, Hmm. And when ranked choice, you can kind of do that. Two candidates that don't particularly like each other can say, just make sure you pick us, both of us, so he doesn't. You can block yeah. you can it, block people. It's, it's got more of a parliamentary feel to it. It's one of the ways to kind of game this that doesn't exist in our current right. system of they can actually campaign. Hey, just put both of us ahead of this person. And is that Whatever. better or not? Well, I guess we'll decide that over time. Yeah, the current system certainly has its uh, disadvantages, too. Oh, sure, I've, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll be curious to see how it goes. This is, is it not the uh, the biggest experiment in ranked choice voting Absolutely. in the country? Yep, biggest, uh, yeah. The biggest prior to that was a, a race in Maine that had a, a, a tiny fraction of the number of people that will be involved in voting in New York for mayor. So a uh, question for you. Does the Pulitzer Prize Committee ever take back Pulitzers when it turns out that the award-winning reporters, say for the New York Times, made crap up <laughs> and the stories weren't true? We'll uh, illuminate that question. Come on. Armstrong and Getty.